0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. My name is James Johnson and I'm here today with my co-host
1: Elizabeth Shaby.
0: Elizabeth, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing excellent. We have
0: a special guest here with us today, the uh, one of the clergy here at Northside United Methodist Church, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Angela.
2: My name is Reverend Angela Renee House. <laughs> yes, that middle name matters. It friends. does. It does.
0: absolutely does. Well, Angela is so glad to have you here uh, this morning. And um, I want to just begin our conversation today by talking a little bit about you and where you're from and how you got to Northside. Uh, so, if you don't mind, give us, just give us your entire history of your life.
2: Okay. So I am Angela, I am originally from Greenville, South Carolina, grew up there, my parents still live there, Mary and Thomas, they live in Greenville County, Uh, however they live in a small town called Taylor, South Carolina, Okay. and so I am an only child. And um, when I grew up, I grew up uh, wanting to be the next Oprah. I wanted to be on TV <laughs> every day. I thought that life was about uh, pretty much being famous. And yeah. I knew that Oprah was retiring in about <laughs> 2012. And so I- really
0: aimed for yes, taking the chair.
2: Huh? Yes. That's so following high school, I went to a smaller school called Winthrop University. Mm-hmm. Out, it's in Rock Hill, South Carolina, yeah. outside of Charlotte. And I got a degree in mass communications okay. and a minor in theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. So uh, I can be dramatic if need be. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you fit in very well here. Yes, and so um, wanted had aspirations to do uh, TV every day. Okay, That did not work out. Well, myself. not yet. Not yet, it's still possible, <laughs> right? It didn't work out, and so I had an opportunity to start doing ministry with children and youth through my campus ministry at Winthrop, uh, through Wesley Foundation. Okay, excellent, yeah. My campus minister, her name is Narcy Jeter, um, and she played an instrumental role in my life.
0: She's I, think I know that name. Is she from
2: Candler? She is from Candler. Yeah, I
0: think I went to school with her.
2: Really? I'm pretty
0: sure I did, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Narcy oh. Jeter,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm almost positive. Small, I did. small world, about
2: this that? Candler place. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's yes. cool. So, Narsi uh, was a campus minister at Emory Wesley Foundation as okay. well. Okay. And so, she played, an, like I said, an instrumental role in my life. And uh, she said, Angela, you know, I have some opportunities for you that you don't want to miss you would work well with children and youth and so I thought no no I don't want to do it you know when you tell God no right right And you know, when you tell God no,
0: God will show you. Usually end up in the belly of a well, I think.
2: Yes. (laughs) That's how that turns out. Yes. And so I struggled for a long time trying to figure out what I was called to do. I ended up serving a church uh, in Clover, South Carolina, where our youth group started off with about 25 kids and then... When I left there, we had 75 kids. Wow. Awesome. Well, so that was great. That's amazing. Yes. I still go and do many weddings. I Offici- officiate Aww. weddings. Excellent. For uh-huh. My former youth, they are now in their early 30s, yeah. late really cool. 20s. Yeah. Yes. And so it is a blessing to see them grow and thrive. And uh, they have watched me struggle uh, as a single woman for. Many many years, yep. but we'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, and so after that, I went to um, while I was at Clover, I went to Wesley Theological Seminary and oh, Pfeiffer okay. University. Yes, Wesley and <laughs> Pfeiffer University, where I got a, a master's in theological studies. Excellent. And uh, went on the deacon trek in the United Methodist Church. Excellent. and So I had I started the the track or the ordination route in 20 2008. Okay. And uh, then I was commissioned in 2012. Uh-huh. And in 2011, though, I moved to the Metro Atlanta area.
0: All right. So you've been here for a little bit. I have. Okay.
2: And so my cousins, um, he went to Georgia State. I was having a, a great time partying with him <laughs> and he said you should you should move to Atlanta and I said I should and so decided to move here in 2011 Excellent. and worked at uh, or served at Lithia Springs United Methodist Church in the Douglas County yeah. area and served there for three to four years during that time that was an eye-opener for me at the time the senior pastor passed away Oh, wow. So that was crazy yeah, in life. I can't imagine. Yes, trying to just navigate it, uh, especially after graduating seminary, not Ooh. knowing what to do. Yeah. Uh, because when you go to seminary, they don't train you on how to do all the other things <laughs> of a local church, you know? So, so a lot of things that <laughs> fall through the cracks. Right, <laughs> right. So... Um, Following uh, that appointment, I went to serve at Grady Hospital oh. as a chaplain. Okay, And so that was a traumatic time in my I life. Bet. yeah. Watching um, people in Metro Atlanta die is mm-hmm. scary from any type of accident, yeah. whether that's a car accident. But Grady is a great hospital because uh, they first assess your trauma and so anything traumatic that happens, they are going to work on you as hard as they can. And so, um, I spent, uh, some time at Grady, uh, where I found also, uh, a deeper relationship with the Lord and then also uh, a call on my life of, I needed counseling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so seeing all of those things, uh, having a little bit of PTSD mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you don't have to be in the military to experience P- PTSD. However, just seeing people um, die, created trauma in my yeah. mind and and in my heart. And yeah. so Left Grady, uh, went to serve at Georgia State University as a campus minister, and then uh, did that for three years. And I also served at Action Ministries with okay. our homeless population yeah. in Atlanta, specifically working with homeless veterans that live on the streets of Atlanta, rehousing families, making mm. sure that we provide individuals as well as family with uh, families with food. And so I did that, and then I moved up to Gainesville, Georgia, with Reverend Jeff Grubbs. He Mm -hmm. now goes by Jeff Murphy. Yeah. And so I served as his associate for three years, and then moved uh, to Sugar Hill United Methodist Church, serving children. Excellent. And then in June of this year, 2022, I made my way closer to home because my husband and I live in the Mapleton area hmm. and came to Northside. All right, And so that's that
0: quite the track. Uh, it to, is and uh some of our North Side people will remember Jeff. Jeff was here for um a couple years, a few years. Uh, he was the guy that actually hired me. So uh that was a little while a little while ago. But uh um that's great. That is fantastic. That is a and now you're doing. Now, what what role do you have here at Northside Church?
2: So here at Northside, I am overseeing our missions mm-hmm. area, um, as well as pastoral care, and uh, the development of a counseling center here at Northside. Woo! Yeah, that's
1: I awesome. Love so. That.
0: it sounds like in in your kind of your journey of, of ministry and of faith you you've you've had the opportunity to experience a lot of different avenues of, of on the ground ministry sounds like you've you've done the hospital ministry you've done uh, you did the youth ministry you did uh, college ministry you've done action ministry stuff um, with homeless uh, folks um, and now you're doing missions and pastoral care do you feel like that journey uh prepared you to 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 be able to tackle these two fields that you're doing here at Northside church or do you feel passionate like this is where your passion is your call is uh like I, i'm i'm curious as to how you how you see yourself coming into uh this role you know and and how you feel it fits your your gifts and graces
2: so ministry is about Building relationships to me. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: So uh, getting the opportunity to meet people where they are is really essential in what I do. And so everywhere I've served, we've had an opportunity to serve the community because that is essential for me. I grew up where my parents always taught me that. It's not about being inside the church. It's not about being inside of our homes. Let's go out. And mm-hmm. so I remember as a child, my parents took me to um, this place in Greenville called United Ministries. Mm-hmm. I used to go with my dad all the time and we used to serve soup and food to our homeless brothers and sisters. Wow. And that uh, left an impact on my life mm-hmm. and I never will forget uh, just being thankful as a child of everything that I had. Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes we forget those opportunities and that people who are unhoused or are struggling with mental health issues uh, exist because mm-hmm. all of us Live in our own little bubbles. We do in our own world. Do, hmm And so, seeing that as a child uh, really enhanced me to push that towards people in our churches. Yeah. And so, with all of all of those types of um, relationship building with ministry, um excuse me with missions. I've had an opportunity to be out in the community yeah. community, and so serving on people's homes with youth is essential to what we do. Um, With college students going down to, uh, we went to Safe House Outreach a lot at Georgia State, serving our unhoused brothers and sisters. That is important to me. And so um, that that creates this bridge of being able to do that here at Northside. And to walk alongside our folks to say, it's about serving our community together yeah. to bring that unity in our community. It's about being four miles uh, mm-hmm. from the Bankhead area yeah. and knowing that that is still our community mm-hmm. and that is still our neighborhood. And we are called as Christians to go and serve our brothers and sisters Not to to serve what we can do to or for them, Mm -hmm. what we can do along with them to help uh, make their lives better. That's good. Those prepositions are important. Oh, Mm -hmm. my
1: gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so many times we get caught up in how it feels to help somebody and we have an idea of something that we want to do or we think needs to be done. And we forget that what someone else needs is more important than what we feel like we can contribute. And it's important to see see the person that you're helping and understand what they need and what how you can help them and not just how you want to help. Correct,
2: correct. And so I think. Um I see lots of different things here at Northside. We are doing great work in the community and uh, serving with our brothers and sisters. However, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done for the kingdom of God. And I believe that's important in meeting people where they are. And so anywhere you are, anytime you are speaking to someone that's a pastoral moment. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to spread the love of Jesus. And so that intertwines with being over pastoral care yeah. here. Um, I know that we are focused on everyone, the entire church, but specifically what I call our seasoned folks. Mm. Um, <laughs> at some churches you call these older adults, but we're going to call them seasoned like because it. they've experienced life. And you know how you put season yeah, uh-huh. like on it. chicken uh-huh. <laughs> and you let it mix marinate. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's, and s- it's so much better the
1: longer it marinates. Yes.
2: <laughs> and so uh, we have focused a lot more uh, on people who bring wisdom and joy uh, in yeah. our lives. And so that's one of the things that we're doing here at Northside is creating opportunities for our homebound members uh, to still feel that connection with our
1: church.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, I know that one of, the, we've talked about this before, but one of the silver linings coming out of the pandemic was um, that when we went all online for a while, and then as we've done studies and stuff online, that we've, we've noticed that there was, there's a, a group of the population um, uh, here at Northside Church that, that weren't forgotten, but that we weren't really providing for uh, in, in some ways. And so uh, when we started doing online stuff and they could be engaged with the rest of the community in ways that they couldn't be before, um we really we really started to see those people come out of the woodwork and be mm-hmm. like, oh well, I I can actually do church now you know in a way that they couldn't do before so that
1: is cool
0: um as we, as we continue to come out of the pandemic that's something to keep in mind and I think something that that it sounds like you have your your finger on at least
2: most definitely because I think these are the folks um the seasoned folks in life, they've had to transition so much, mm-hmm. you know, they came from uh, a rotary phone, phone yeah. and now we have our computers in our, our hand. Uh-huh. And so yeah. they've had to learn so much. And so I appreciate uh, the places and spaces that they have come from in order to get where they are today. And yeah. I think we have a lot to be thankful for, for uh, whether these folks are our grandparents, or whether they are just mentors who inspire us to be better humans Absolutely, each day. Yeah. That they have learned so much, and we will look back on our lives maybe when we're in that age bracket and say, Wow, the world has changed so much, and yet we are still finding our way through,
0: yeah, with that's God.
2: Great. Mm-hmm.
0: one of the one of the women in my uh one of my bible studies brought me a bulletin a Sunday school bulletin for Northside Church from 1993 uh and, I, and it has it has our um our our Sunday school class here that's kind of dedicated to that generation the season generation uh, they they were going strong even back then, and it's like it it's funny the way that it it lists them. Um, this is a shout out to Northside Bible, well done, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but it has them listed as you know those who have transitioned from young adult into uh a later stage, and I'm like, man, they just they've been around forever. They've been mm-hmm. doing this forever. So
1: one of the most moving moments for me this Sunday was watching people stand up as the names of the saints were called. And I mean, I knew there it was one name out of that entire page that I felt, you know, I, I stood up for. Um, but the rest of them, you know, I've, you know, I've built the bulletins for them or whatever, but they were not people that I knew intimately. But the whole, that whole experience was so powerful and watching these people stand up as their loved ones' names were called. And particularly, we have that section of our well-seasoned folks that sit, you know, at the front, you know, on the pulpit side of the sanctuary, and they just kept standing up and just thinking about everything they have seen and all these people they have loved and lost and watched, you know, move through life. And, you know, and Miss Winnie standing up, sitting down, just backing, you know, Charles, all these wonderful folks that have seen this, seen the life of the church it's just just so powerful and so incredible and then to be able to sing happy 105th birthday to miss winnie klein <laughs> and to know that this human being is here every single sunday mm-hmm. i mean that i i don't even do that right mm-hmm. you know i mean what excuse mm-hmm. could i possibly have you know <laughs> if miss winnie can do it right well, that's incredible mm-hmm. you know uh, mm, that was humbling that was yeah. a very humbling to be moment. on this
2: earth for a hundred and five years. That's a blessing. Imagine right? I
0: mean what what you've seen in a hundred and five years. Mm-hmm. And to still be smiling. Yeah. I mean, you're born during World War One. Wow. That's uh, that's I'm gonna get lost in that thought. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people uh I assume a lot of people at Northside as well as other churches I think of pastoral care as something that pastors do, uh, because it's right there in the name, pastoral care. Mm-hmm. But uh let's talk about some ways in which um the regular congregation, and laity here at Northside Church, just a regular person here at Northside Church, uh who is part of the priesthood of all believers but isn't a isn't an ordained clergy member here at Northside how do how do we get involved in doing pastoral care or what are the avenues for us to to reach out and do some of the the ministry that you're talking about?
2: so there are several ways that uh, our priesthood of all believers can get involved our laity yeah um one is we deliver flowers to folks every single week we also uh, have a food ministry here where if you are not feeling well we will, Send you home or send you a bag of food. Oh, excellent. So that you can have some wonderful lasagna, <laughs> mm, some salad and a roll, <laughs> and some delicious dessert. Oh, cool. And so those are opportunities that are weekly where you can serve. We have a, a prayer list for um, people who want to pray for those who are homebound or those experiencing. Uh, surgery or just any type of um, obstacle, challenge, joy in life, you can write to um, our brothers and sisters here at our church. And then also we have created, uh, this is very new, what we call pastoral ambassadors. Uh, And so those are our laity who are actually reaching out to our homebound members. And so we have a laity, we have nine laity right now who have about four to five people that they reach out to on a monthly basis. Oh, that's great. Yes, they can go to lunch with them, they can uh, call them, any and all things, just to connect with them and saying that here at Northside, you are loved mm-hmm. and known yeah. by God and by this church, and we still remember you. Yeah, that's really absolutely. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think
0: that, probably, that has uh, an extra power to it, that it's it's laity that are reaching out and mm-hmm. doing that service. Yeah. Um, because you know, I think a lot of times I've I've run in this before, where uh, some people will think that you know when the pastor reaches out or the or the leader reaches out and you're like, well, you have to do that. I mean, you're kind of required to do that. But when you have someone who's reaching out, who you know, it, <laughs> it's just another person at the church that that really makes you feel like you're part of the community, right? Most mm-hmm. definitely, yeah.
2: and I think that's what the body of Christ is all that's about. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, you just can't. We have five thousand members here at Northside,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so. There, that's a lot of people. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of people. And so you cannot do it all. And so, one of the things about uh, the body of Christ, but as well as the church, is we have to depend on our laity. Um, they are so important and yeah. essential to the life of the church. Absolutely.
1: I think that connects really well with what you were talking about earlier this, this intimate connection between pastoral care and missions. Like, um, If we, the more we can strengthen each other inwardly and within our church, we can build each other up and take care of each other, the more we can then be empowered to go out, right? And I think that's how it's supposed to work. We're not supposed to stop with just looking inward and taking care of each other. I mean, that's great and wonderful and beautiful, but it can't end there. It has to then, the pastoral caring of each other and one another has to then become the mission work that we go out into the community to do. Um, and I'm curious, I mean, you've kind of already answered this question, but what is your, um, with one of the amazing gifts of Northside is that we are such a well-resourced church. Um, and, you know, being so close to areas in Atlanta that are not as well-resourced, do you have a particular um, vision or dream that you would like to see um, here at Northside, something that you want to be a part of, something that you hope to shepherd
2: Yes. So I, I would say several things. One is uh, our brothers and sisters right across the street, 200 feet away from us, we have children over Those there. Those terrible middle schoolers? Those terrible middle schoolers. <laughs> oh man. Mm. Tough time in life. Yes. <laughs> uh, we all remember middle school. That was some We all try terrible. to forget middle school, Angela. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have deleted that from uh, my memory banks.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be a kid again. Yeah. Not a, a middle schooler. Right. Um, but one is just reaching out to our, our neighbors and mm-hmm. seeing, you know, how can we help our neighbors that are right next door What connections, what partnerships can we make? And looking out and knowing that every student there does not have the same resources. Uh, In Atlanta public schools, we know that uh, people are experiencing homelessness. And so we have people who will go to parks at night and they will park their car and they will stay there for the night. And these are not just adults by themselves. They have children. Children. And so it's hard for me to think about that. There are kids who have not had a shower. There are kids who do not have an adequate bathroom to go to. There are kids who um, throughout the weekend are hungry and cannot wait for Monday to come to get a hot meal because they are depending on breakfast and lunch to push through their day. And so. What children can we reach out to right next door? What ways can we create that partnership? We know that if a child cannot read in the state of Georgia or many states, they are also, if they can't read by uh, third grade, there is a a prison cell that they are building for them. Um, Because if you cannot read or write uh, by third grade, they are considering that you will probably not graduate from high school.
1: Yeah. That is quite a image, a visual to like the way you phrase that is whew. Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. Putting
1: it in those terms is intense. third mm-hmm. grader, right? Belinda, third a grader. prison cell for a third mm-hmm. grader.
2: And imagine that these are our children that are going through Middle school and high school and so that's one of my goals is to make sure that right next door we are being good neighbors yeah and connecting with our our population next door
0: that is awesome that is something that i i've I've said in in the in the classes that I teach many many times when things like missions come up I've always been somebody who is hesitant to send people to like Africa or whatever I'm not I'm like you know, I know how Christians especially us rich American Christians love to go do mission work oh, in India or mm-hmm. in in Africa or in Asia or something like that we're always worried about what's going on over there and then a lot of times not what's happening in our own community right and so for me mission work has always been about the community that you found yourself in Um, And right next door, I mean, that's that can't get any closer in the community than that.
2: Some other opportunities that I think are are crucial for our community is I would love to uh, create a mother's program for women who are considered low income. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is to have laity of Northside walk alongside make sure we say that correctly Mm -hmm. walk alongside not do for yeah uh, with mothers who are perhaps struggling in life um sometimes we we have generational cycles and so if mama does not know how to read or write typically a child does not know how to read or write if mother uh, you know beat you pretty badly as a child that's all you know yeah. and so you do that to your own children and so how can we have our laity especially our women walk alongside to teach our mothers who are maybe just struggling and living in the trenches of life, how to be better women in society, how to read test scores, how to speak with teachers and administration to know how you can better help your child Mm -hmm. or even better help yourself. Mm -hmm. How do we get off of, you know, maybe uh, low income housing? How do we, um, make our way, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, Yeah, you know? And so I think that's crucial in the world that we live in. We know that everything, um, nothing in life is free. Everything comes with a cost. And so how do we walk alongside other women to teach how to be better and how to do things in life? That's what I would love to create.
1: That's really, that's really beautiful. I mean, I think about how many times I just want to call my mom to ask her, you know, life things, important, big, giant life things, but all the way down to like dumb things. Like don't remind me what's in chicken salad. Like I don't know, you know, like having and for someone who, and I don't have any children, you know, so I think, you know, like for someone who does have a child is trying to raise a child in this world and doesn't have that person that they can call, that would be such an amazing gift to be able to build a relationship like that with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. And I, I love the idea of that that mother image right like mm-hmm. it's it's not a it's not a, a I'm struggling for my word here it's not like a, a hierarchy thing it's not a power thing it's t- it's a loving relationship a mentorship it's mm-hmm. you know that's 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 amazing that's a,
0: I mean uh, and that's an image that Jesus used of himself right the mother hen who gathers her chicks right that is um that is it is powerful image. Mm-hmm
2: and then i would eventually love for us to do that with our men as well yeah um, mm. yeah
0: that would be really good mm-hmm. um i could definitely use some fatherhood lessons so i would be down for that <laughs> most
2: definitely
0: <laughs> <laughs> so your husband uh from what i understand is uh uh worse than law enforcement he right does. um georgia Federal Bureau of Investigation. I don't know what it
2: is. So he works for the Solicitor General's Office of Fulton County. Uh, He's a criminal investigator in this this county. That
0: sounds like a cool job.
2: Uh, someday.
0: <laughs> That's like they make TV shows after these.
2: Guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, Fulton County has a lot of crime. Yeah. So for those who are listening, be careful out here. Lock your doors.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. And lock your house doors too, because you know we used to live in a world where you could leave your house unlocked. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. My parents never did. I that. don't
0: think I ever lived in that world, but, but yeah.
2: Some people, some some people people did. did. Mm -hmm. Season generation. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Yeah. So tell us more about your husband.
2: So Steven, he is from a small town in Douglas County called Winston, Georgia. Okay. Um, And he went to Georgia State University. And uh, got a degree in psychology or sociology, one of those two. <laughs> I can never tell the difference between them. And then he started his journey in law enforcement, working back at Georgia State as a police officer okay. on the beat every single night. Wow! But that's also uh, in collaboration with APD because you mm-hmm. know Georgia State is
0: is like right there
2: in the heart of Atlanta. Yeah. And then he. I bet he's
0: got some great stories from that beat. (laughs) He
2: can tell you some things. So, um, so he does that, and uh, we have been married for a year and two months. That's awesome. On the 11th,
0: three days and four hours. Yeah, I
2: I count because (laughs) who we are. We are both getting up there in age. Uh, He is 42. Uh, That's not really old. I'm 42. 1980. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And so uh, I was born in 1985. (laughs) Um, And so we are, um, we're just excited to be together and learn about each other. That's great. So we do that on a daily basis. Yeah. We we enjoy going out to different places in Metro Atlanta Mm -hmm. to eat.
0: What's your favorite place?
2: I love Blue Moon Pizza right okay. here in Smyrna. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Okay. You can catch me there on a Thursday <laughs> or a, a Saturday uh, watching football. Okay, So, yeah, Stephen loves different types of food. He loves um, Mediterranean Grill. Okay. That's probably his go-to spot. Really? It's located by Piedmont Park. Is that like hero sandwiches oh.
0: and stuff or gyros? Gyro or?
2: sandwiches <laughs> and pita and all uh, those things. Yeah. Yes. I Sounds like olives. Oh, those olives. Mm.
0: <laughs> Peter bread's not my thing, but I do like hummus. I do go. like uh, hummus yeah. as well. Mm-hmm,
2: so. <laughs> so, yes, and we like this um, Ethiopian restaurant called Desta yeah. right there off of South Atlanta. Yeah, is it I- spicy? Real spicy? Uh, I thought it was spicy when I first had it, but I love it now. Yeah. You all should try it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I had
0: Ethiopian food one time, and it was... Uh, it was incredibly spicy, mm-hmm. uh, almost to the point where you're like, there's no point in eating this. You're not going to be able to taste anything for like the next three days. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, but it was good. It was good. I remember that, yeah.
2: Well, we love food with good seasoning. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So, awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. That's I don't like spicy.
0: You should check out this place right down the street called, um, it's a little Scottish place called McDonald's.
1: Uh, <laughs> like with the like golden arches? Yes, with arches. the golden arches. James. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. James Johnson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Angela doesn't think I'm funny.
1: Excuse <laughs> him. I was, and his, you should was see like, my
2: facial expression. <laughs> like taste <laughs> I, I don't do McDonald's. Yeah, well, I try Thank not to you.
0: do it as much anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. there's
0: still that five-year-old kid in me that had my birthday party there. So I have some loyalty, brand loyalty to McDonald's.
2: <laughs> I think I might have had a birthday party there too, yeah, but like once a, they built Chick Fil A, right? See, <laughs> kids
0: from the '80s, man. McDonald's mm-hmm. birthday parties—that was the thing. Yes. Um. <laughs> so, is your husband? Um. Uh. What's his name? Steven, Steven. with the yeah. Steven. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: right, right. Uh, Last so, name House, like. Yeah, like the house you like live in. He lived like Stephen <laughs> in the house. Yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> um, is Stephen
0: involved here at Northside Church? Is he?
2: He is not yet involved okay. here at Northside Church. He has his own church that he attends. Okay. Word of Faith Cathedral. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so he goes there All right. and and receives his word. That's fantastic. That's cool. I'm yeah. not trying to rope him into the United Methodist Church. Absolutely. <laughs> That's Absolutely. totally fair. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, I, and honestly, you know, for sometimes, for the spouses of clergy, it's hard to know where to be involved and and how mm-hmm. to get in and plugged in into churches. So I was curious about that.
1: Here's a question for you. how and and I would assume, I don't know. Uh, well, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just- how? I mean, I think, you know, people, we do things cause we are called to do them, whether that is in the church or outside of the church. And so presumably Stephen feels a call in his life to serve in the capacity that he serves. Do you feel like your ministries influence each other at all? Do you push and pull each other in different ways? Um, they they're very different, but also related fields. I feel, you know, like serving folks. Yeah.
2: Um, I would say that that's a good question. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that both of us love to serve people. We love yeah. to work with people uh, in different capacities. I think in Stephen's role, he wants to help people. That's his ultimate goal is what can I do to help you? You are uh, a lot of times he's seeing people who are in different places in their life, mm-hmm. whether they be they're homeless uh, and he's having to push them along like you cannot stay. You can't sleep here. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think he really deep down wants to arrest anyone. Right. Wants, you know, people who are driving under the influence or things like that. Who can you call before you have to get arrested? You know, what can you do um, to get out of this situation? Yeah. You know, if you're peaceful about things, I know Stephen loves that. He's a person of peace. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to have to use any type of Force or violence yeah. for people and so I think those are the ways that you know he connects in his relationships and then mine would be uh, a lot different because we're not here to be violent or anything but we're here to we're both called to love people and yeah. I think that's what unites both of us is we want peace you know in in everyone's life and you know that song let there be peace on mm-hmm. earth yeah. and let it begin with me yes. I think in our household uh, we would <laughs> we would use that a lot let's let, let cool. the peace begin with us and yeah, so that's good we can be seen as two different individuals on two different paths because that's what we are but mm-hmm. at the end of the day i think it's about love unity and mm-hmm. peace
0: angela thank you so much for being here uh, and y'all. joining us today we enjoyed this conversation i hope Very people at north side so. have enjoyed this conversation listeners of the dialogic disciple podcast guys we'll be back next week with another special guest Uh, But until then, God bless.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.